The number of firms out there focused on fintech and regtech is rapidly proliferating, but just how innovative are they? Offering some thoughts on that is David Eric, co-founder and executive director at the Alliance for Innovative Regulation. He'll also discuss his experience as a judge in BAI's latest innovation awards and why financial services needs more of an innovation mindset going forward. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Protecting customers and staying on side with the regulators are perennial challenges for financial services organizations. How is technology helping them do that now? And how could better tech help them do that better? Our podcast guest this week is David Eric, Executive Director at the Alliance for Innovative Regulation, AIR for short. David was a judge for the latest BAI Global Innovation Awards. He's here to talk a bit about the awards and about regtech and innovation and financial services more broadly. David, appreciate you being here with us. Thank you, Terry. It's great to be here. David, how would you describe the current state of technology use in the financial industry and maybe some of the structural challenges facing those would-be innovators who want to improve it? The financial services industry is heavily concentrated and heavily regulated. And together, that kind of makes a poor recipe for innovation. And so when you think about innovation, specifically technology innovation, there are some systemic, some systematic challenges to both creating innovation, prioritizing innovation, but also implementing innovation. It's funny, right? Because financial services at its core is applied technology, has always been applied technology. That's what banking actually is. And so this notion of fintech or regtech is not really new. It's not new to use technology to deliver or create or monitor the financial system. What's new is, or what the problem has been, is that our existing financial services industry hasn't really kept up with the pace of innovation that's been taking place outside of financial services. And so what we really see is that there's this problem at the intersection of innovation, technology, and regulation, where our financial system today has become a little ossified. And regulation, while it was intended to create safety and soundness in the system, to protect consumers from harm, to extend financial inclusion and stop financial crime, Regulation also creates a barrier to entry for new entrants, which limits the competitive dynamic in the vertical. And so while you've seen technology companies that have transformed different verticals like cab hailing or media streaming or the ability to book travel in really heavily regulated industries, the innovation has been much slower. And that's what we're challenged with today. And that's why we think about the focus on technology and innovation and helping the financial services system embrace that. So with that in mind, David, how innovative by your yardstick were the entrants in this latest BAI Global Innovation Awards competition? Innovation is often thought of as being on the front lines of what's very sexy and expansive. It's thinking through questions like, how are we going to make payments on Mars, right? But innovation in a large regulated financial institution is a very different kind of innovation. And it's much more incremental. And it has to respond to the demands of a 12 to 18 month ROI business cycle. And so innovation in mature organizations is much more focused on what they can actually accomplish. So 
in this case, the ease of implementation is just as important or maybe even more important than the radicalness of the idea. And so at first, as someone from the front lines, I was a little disappointed. I was asking myself the question, is this what passes for innovation in large financial institutions? But the answer is yes, and it's not a criticism. It's actually a strategy. The BAI Innovation Awards are needed because they spotlight and they encourage innovation in large organizations that are really hard to change. You're certainly right that change can come hard and slow in this industry. But that said, among this year's BAI entrants, were there any that made you sit up in your seat or at least that challenged your expectations of seeing only incremental progress? I was struck by one entry in particular. There was this amazing description about how to standardize updates on ATM machines. Let's be clear, from a consumer's perspective, ATM machines basically have not changed in the last 40 years. But a society that's moving away from cash, exactly what is innovation in ATM machines? And in this case, this is uh, there's a very little known problem about the software that supports ATM machines, where ATMs of a certain age are no longer supported by their technology producers. And so when there's system-wide updates, it's actually a very costly and time-consuming challenge to implement. And the solution that was provided to the BAI Innovation Awards, I thought was really interesting because it used open source code to create a middle layer for the ATM systems that made system update effortless. What was very interesting to me is that they used open source. And that is huge in the context of traditional financial institutions, because so many financial institutions are slow to adopt open source. They have misconceived ideas that open source isn't safe, that it's risky. So I thought that this was a very interesting question and one that really challenged my idea of what the definition of innovation is. Did you notice any particular trends in this year's RegTech entrance, anything that may have reflected the times that we've found ourselves in for the past 13 or 14 months during the pandemic? As you think about the trends that are taking place in the market today, it's really extending into this new idea of how technology can be used by regulators to improve the process. And so what we saw were very interesting solutions that are focused on small businesses and the incredible impact that they saw during the the financial crisis. We saw solutions that were focused on AI, the implementation of artificial intelligence. We also saw how open banking, which is becoming the primary strategy in the European common market, how that's impacting the direction that RegTech is going in. And then lastly, I would say there are some really significant geographical shifts where you're seeing an explosion in RegTech solutions in both the European and Asian markets, particularly the Asian market, which is changing the face of RegTech today. We are seeing a lot from overseas. This year's Global Innovation Award winner in the RegTech category was Ping'an Technology based in China. Ping'an combined AI and machine learning to create a new collaborative learning platform that leverages data without exchanging that data. And this allows them to preserve privacy. I can see a lot of applications uh, for that in the banking space, but how would you see Ping'an's new technology being applied effectively in compliance and regulatory? It's a very interesting idea, what Ping'an proposed, and what they have been referring to is an emerging area of new technology called PET, or Privacy Enhancing Technology. And this includes examples like zero-knowledge proof or homomorphic encryption or differential privacy. And what it does is it addresses the need to centralize data sources or data lakes. With privacy-enhancing technologies, instead of bringing the data to the algorithm, 
you can bring the algorithm to the data. And in doing so, you're able to preserve the privacy and integrity of the data where it currently sits. So you don't have the need for a central data lake and you don't have the added risk and controls that you need in order to protect a central data lake. And in addition, these new technologies are super important for solving some of the problems around money laundering and the challenges that we have in terms of sharing information across financial institutions. So in money laundering, where you have a single actor, a single bad actor who's opening up multiple accounts at multiple financial institutions, if that person is suspected of being a money launderer at Bank A, they have all kinds of restrictions about when and how they can share information with Bank B. And so there is an exception to this, the 314B clause of the U.S. Patriot Act which provides financial institutions with a greater ability to share information with one another. But there isn't a very strong infrastructure about how to do that. And so these new technologies around PET are really advancing how banks can interact with each other and also with regulatory entities, particularly when there's multiple regulatory entities involved or if you're talking about money laundering that's happening cross-jurisdictionally. So very significant and a huge opportunity for the regulatory community. I want to bring it back around to the sort of the, the top of our discussion here when you were talking about innovation in a broader sense. When you look out over the financial regulatory landscape now, just how far behind the times are financial services providers as an industry when it comes to embracing innovation? And what are some of the key costs that they are bearing as a result? These are some of the things that you were sort of hinting at earlier in our conversation. I think it's challenging because it's not just the financial service providers. You know, we really are talking about a very complex ecosystem where in order to solve these very complex problems, we actually need participation from the financial services providers themselves, but also the reg tech innovators and the regulators as well. So if you think about the financial service providers, they're in a very tough position, right? Because in comparison to other industries, these regulated industries are slower to embrace and to implement innovation. But there are some significant barriers to reg tech adoption, which are systematic in scope. Large financial institutions need to find a scaled end-to-end -end solution for their compliance needs. And reg techs are designed to solve a single point in that process. So it's very hard for them to look at a reg tech and be able to implement that because they need to be considering the full span of their compliance needs. At the same time, it's really expensive and very risky for them to open up their legacy systems to integrate a new product like a RegTech. And so that becomes problematic where it's very challenging for them to think through opening up their legacy systems for 20 different RegTech solutions. There really is a need for the reg tech solutions to be interoperable with one another and be able to connect with a, a legacy system at just one point using just one API. And that would really lower the barriers to entry. So the question that you asked is how far behind the times are we? I think the real challenge is that we're facing an ecosystem problem where there are certain systematic issues that are stopping or slowing the rate of innovation here. And the only way we're gonna solve it is by bringing everyone to the table and solving that problem jointly between the regulatory community the traditional financial services and the technology innovators. We seem to have ever more players in the fintech space. Is that leading to better, more effective, more innovative technology? Or is this just a case of new players crowding into already established areas? I feel very strongly that new players 
are actually putting forth multiple solutions and multiple innovations. Having a competitive reg tech field, I think is very healthy and very good. You see the interest from the VCs because they're investing in this. So they see there's a lot of opportunity here. But I think one of the challenges that we see in the US is that our regulatory agencies in particular are not mandated for improving competitiveness in financial services. It's one of the big differences between what you see at the FCA or some of the other international jurisdictions where one of their primary mandates is to improve the competitive situation in the market. It's still very important to be able to increase awareness of RegTech and increase the attractiveness of investment from the VCs. So I think that this is really an example of how rich and how many opportunities there are in this space, as opposed to new players that are just competing with one another on the same ideas. You mentioned anti-money laundering, obviously one of the, the biggest challenges, and it's been a big uphill battle for a long time for financial institutions, less than 1% success rate in catching it, despite all of the regulations in place around the world and all the costs associated with those regulations. So how do we get some momentum going the other way in terms of putting a dent in money laundering and how much of the future success will come down to better technology? All of it. <laughs> all of the future success in AML is is going to be due to better technology. It's really one of the most compelling use cases for RegTech. And you know, one of the things that we like to say at AIR is you really wanna start where there is a win-win between the regulatory community and covered institutions. And AML is certainly a really strong use case here. When you think about the amount of money that we spend on trying to uh, stop AML, and then you think about the very low success rate that we achieve in doing that, it's just calling out for new solutions. And the solutions that are technology-driven are also very interesting here because it implies that we can move our system from a rules-based system, right? Much of AML today is how many SARS do you fill out? Under what conditions do you fill them out? What do you do with them when you fill them out? You know, how do you file them? It's very rules-based in terms of its processing. And if you're a financial institution, you can get fines based on not achieving those very specific rules-based goals. But nobody's measuring what's the outcome. Nobody's measuring, are we actually successful in stopping money laundering? And one of the things that we can actually put in place by migrating to a digitally native regulatory system is being able to define what are the outcomes that we want up, up front, build to those outcomes, and then actually measure them and see if we're being effective. But the money launderers, they get a vote too, right? So big part of the reason for the bad guy's success is that they are historically have been better with the technology. You know, their tech is better or they use it better or perhaps both. Not to sound too much the pessimist, but won't the money launderers just up their game further given the billions of dollars in play? And, and if that's the case, how do regulators ever get into a position to truly win here? Well, part of the answer to that question is the regulators have to get into the game, right? They've got to start. And the regulators are recognizing that now more than ever. And the game isn't just technology. To the degree that the money launderers are currently ahead of the game in their use of technology, if we could align the ecosystem to solve this problem, we could certainly get up to speed to being able to use technology to stop them. But part of the challenges is that, like, for example, we spoke earlier about sharing information between financial institutions. Part of the challenge that we have as the good guys is that we have to adhere to certain laws and certain uh, protocols that are required of regulators, which are not required of the bad guys. And so not only do they have access to, to newer technology, 
which they're leveraging to their benefit, but they also don't have the hindrances of the legacy regulatory system. And I'm not suggesting for a minute that we should not have those regulatory requirements in place. What I'm suggesting is, is that we need to review them and understand how technology can update them and do a better job. David, your organization, Alliance for Innovative Regulation, AIR, has among its goals improving access to financial services. That's something that you that you wrote about extensively in your, your RegTech manifesto. And this is particularly for those who have had historically have had trouble getting that access. So what role or roles does RegTech play in, in trying to reach that elusive goal? I think when you're talking about segments of the population that have been underserved or are unserved by the existing financial services system, one of the big challenges is that they're not profitable, you know, or as profitable as, you know, say high net worth customers. And so the financial institutions have set their target on their most profitable customers. By the same token, there are real structural reasons why customers who are low and moderate income are less profitable. I mean, the controls that are in place for KYC, for example, are very costly to implement. What if we could create a tiered risk system where certain financial accounts that have very low dollar thresholds and very low number of transactions that go through them on a monthly basis, these kinds of accounts would be very low risk for money laundering. Could we create a tiered threshold in terms of risk and lower the cost of KYC for specific populations for specific purposes? Another example, you know, one of the challenges that we faced in the PPP is that a company that needed to apply for a loan had to apply with their bank because that was the bank that had the KYC on them. Well, once you have one bank that does KYC on you, why why couldn't you take that and port that to another institution or to another entity? You already see this with like Google or Facebook, which you can use as a sign-in online, but we don't use that same technology to benefit companies that could easily identify themselves with multiple entities with a single identification path. And all of that costs money. Every time a bank has to KYC a new entity, that costs money. And that's part of the structural cost that makes financial systems more exclusive and harder to serve the more vulnerable populations in our community. After a fair bit of regulatory easing under the previous administration, there's been a lot of worry in the financial industry that the trend will swing hard the other way under the Biden presidency. You know, of course, we're only a few months into his term at this point. But what are the early indications that you're seeing from the White House and on the Hill? It's still probably too early to tell. There was some noise about who would be appointed to the controller of the currency at the OCC. The White House still hasn't moved forward with their nominations. So it's hard to say exactly. I think the largest impact here for fintech and regtech is actually the broader tech lash that you're seeing on Capitol Hill with response to the concerns around privacy. I think there's a fair amount of concern around technology and how technology is being implemented. And I think one of the things that we try to point out at AIR is to distinguish technology for good from technology for bad. Technology is the way that we're going to scale financial services. Technology is the path to stopping financial crime. Technology is going to be how we solve for financial inclusion. Are there examples of where technology is being used against consumers? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean technology is bad. 
that means that that use case is bad. Bias in AI or other elements that you can point to where there are really legitimate concerns about how technology is being used. But we should distinguish between putting technology in the corner versus putting bad technology in the corner. This is certainly not a one-size-fits-all problem, so that makes it not a good candidate for a one-size-fits-all solution. So David Eric, co-founder and executive director at AIR, the Alliance for Innovative Regulation, many thanks again for joining us on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Terry, it's been such a pleasure to participate in this Innovation Awards, and I'm so grateful to be here with you today. I hope that your listeners really enjoy our conversation. Few takeaways from AIR's David Eric on RegTech and innovation. First, the BAI Global Innovation Awards saw a trend among the RegTech and compliance entrants towards solutions relevant to issues identified during the pandemic. There were also a number of innovations related to open banking, whose adoption is already well underway in Europe. And there's more emphasis on RegTech development overseas. In the compliance category, three of the four BAI finalists, including the winner, were non-U.S. companies. Looking more broadly at technology's potential in the financial space, David sees a lot of opportunity in more effectively reaching low and moderate income Americans underserved by today's banking system. He suggests one way to make them more financially attractive as customers. Because such accounts tend to be smaller and have relatively few transactions, a lower intensity version of the costly KYC process could be applied to them. And finally, David has some concerns that RegTech and perhaps fintech overall may get caught up in the tech backlash over privacy now taking place in Washington. The worry is that actions to rein in tech giants could damage the banking industry, as fintech stands to play a central role in making financial services more widely available, and that stronger regtech will be vital in combating money laundering and other financial crimes. Thanks for listening to the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please join us next time for another conversation on an important topic for the financial services industry.